Welcome to the Open Adoption Project. We're the Nelsons. I'm Sean. And I'm Lynette. In this episode, we'll hear from Alexa. She's a birth mother and she'll share her story and her feelings and some of her thoughts with you. We're really excited for you to hear from her. Alexa placed her daughter for adoption just a couple months ago. And she has an open adoption, so that means she has an ongoing relationship with her baby daughter. And she'll talk about that a lot with us today. Alexa loves kids, she loves spending time in the outdoors. And she loves spending time with her loved ones, her friends, and her family. She also thinks that snacks are great, but then don't we all? We know that you're going to love hearing from Alexa today. We hope you enjoy this episode. We are now on a podcast with Alexa. Alexa, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, no problem. Well, let's go ahead and get started with you sharing your experience with adoption and as a birth mother. Um, well, to start things off, I might as well start from the very beginning. Um, I grew up very religious. You know, the whole situation, getting pregnant without being married is frowned upon. And so obviously at that point you're given three options one of them I don't believe in so I didn't obviously didn't go with that option is abortion adoption and keeping the baby and from the very beginning I mean growing up I always wanted kids like that was my ultimate goal in life is to be a mom and so from the very beginning my idea was to keep the baby and that's just how it was from day one. And my parents were like, we'll help support you. Obviously, they didn't take it real great either because, but they were never like, they were always supportive. But um, so I had a support system. I could have kept her. But anyway, as the process went on at about, about five months, um, my situation changed. I had more things to think about. It started getting more real to me about the whole situation. And so I had weighed the pros and cons of both keeping her and giving her up for adoption. And it had come up about even. But then I started thinking about my life as a whole and where I was at, where um, I wanted to go. And I, like knew I was, I mean, I'm still young. I'm only 20. I was 19. Um, I haven't done a lot of the things I want to do yet. And having a baby kind of throws a kink in your schedule. And I wasn't prepared for it. And I wasn't with the father. I was thinking one night and I actually, I had a boyfriend at the time, which I didn't think when I got pregnant that anybody would want to date me pregnant. Nobody my age is ready for that commitment. <laughs> um, and he knew about the whole situation. And I asked him, I said, um, be completely honest with me. What would happen like if I decided to keep the baby? And we talked about it and um, he, uh, he said he, would like to try but it probably wouldn't work and 
So at that point, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, that's a big thing to add into the thought process. Not that he wasn't okay with it. We had been together for a few months at that point. I was like, okay, I like where this is going. You know, I don't want to deal with that. Break up at the end of all of this. That wouldn't (laughs) be great for the emotions. But anyway, so that night. I went home and I talked to my mom. I was like, okay, I'm thinking about adoption. And I had actually been given a fourth option by my parents. My parents said they would adopt the baby and take financial responsibility and all the responsibilities needed. They would take those responsibilities. And then when I was ready, they would let let me handle that. But I... nothing had felt right to me none of my options felt right and then my cut my mom was like well if you're thinking about adoption I think you should call your cousin Whitney and so I called her and she came over and but before she got there I also called another friend of mine who is around my age a little bit younger And her and her boyfriend had just gone through the same situation. She had gotten pregnant and they put their baby up for adoption. And I said to her, look, I don't want you to tell me what you think I should do. I don't want you to, you know, give me any advice. I don't want to hear any of that. I just need to hear what your experience with adoption from beginning to end. I need you to tell me exactly how you felt, the downs, the the, like the good things, the bad things everything. Just tell me. And so she sat there and she said, well, trust me, it's not easy. And she told me all the things. So at that point I was like, okay, well, I think I can do this. Like it's going to be rough, but I, I think I can do this. I'm strong enough that I can provide a better life for my baby by giving it to someone else than I can by keeping it. And so at that point, I had initially made the decision to adopt, but I told my mom, I was like, I know I'm going to question my decision throughout this whole thing. So if I ever start questioning it, you need to remind me why I made this decision. And so my cousin came over and she, I told her the whole story and instantly she was like, um, I, I know so many people looking to adopt right now. And so she pulled up this picture of the family and she said, this family lives in my congregation. Um, I've known them for a while and they've been looking to adopt for, uh, I don't know exactly how long. I think it was a couple years they've been looking to adopt. They already had two boys and they just felt like their family wasn't complete. And so they had been looking and they had had a pretty bad experience where a mother had um, agreed to the adoption and she was having twin girls. And she lived in California and she was looking to adopt and they went and they flew to the hospital and um, they met the babies. And then last minute, the mom decided that she couldn't do it and kept the babies which I can't blame her because I've been through the situation. I know how hard it really is to make that decision, but it was also hard on them because they got attached and, you know, we're already like 
really accepting the idea. So I can't, I can't blame that, blame her, but also really hard. So they had had a rough go about with the adoption. And instantly I kind of felt drawn to them. So, but I didn't feel comfortable going and meeting them alone. So I asked my cousin to go with me. And we met at Chili's. And when I met her, she was instantly just so bubbly and excited and happy. And she came up to me, she goes, can I give you a hug? I was like, yeah. And she's like, don't worry. I'm not expecting anything big, but I just, I would like to give you a hug because the situation you're going through isn't easy. She was amazing. And her husband was so nice and they are just amazing people. And I was instantly like, I really liked it. I like loved these people already. And I didn't even really know them. (laughs) But then I met with another family and they were amazing too. The birth father was there through this whole process. Like he was part of it, but he wasn't directly involved as much. And he basically told me whatever decision I decided to make, he, um, he would support it whether or not it was what he wanted to do or not, he would support whatever decision I chose to make. We met, we met with the other family and they were great too, but ultimately we decided that we wanted to stick with the Frost family. They set me up with someone to help protect my needs in the whole thing and to help me understand what I was agreeing to do. And the whole process, the Frosts were just amazing. I was going over there and hanging out with them. They invited me over for dinner. And we discussed, and they were all always very hesitant. Like, once it got closer, I asked, I asked them if they had thought of any names. And she's like, no, I'm just a little worried because of what happened. And I said, I promise I'm not going to do that to you. Um, my sister also had a s- situation with twins, but the father kind of disappeared. And she brought somebody with her all the way up to the hospital and then decided to keep the babies. I knew how that could hurt people. So I didn't want to do that to them. And I needed to stick with my decision. I knew that was what's best for me and what's best for the baby. I, once I made that decision, I couldn't go back on it. Otherwise, it would just make it that much harder for me and the people supporting me. And so I made that decision and um, I said to her, you can start thinking about that. It's okay. I'm like, you're good. And so she'd send me, she knew I had a fruit craving, like massive fruit craving. (laughs) So she sent an edible arrangements to my house. And it was just, they were always so kind and so understanding of my situation. Then we started talking about who was going to be in the room and how they were going to get to meet the baby. And once it got closer, um, that stuff had to start being discussed. And from the beginning, I wanted like a first day of the baby's life is crucial, like bonding time. I also knew if I had had that alone time without her there, it would be harder for me to hand her off. I mean, I was already way attached to the baby and she hadn't even been born yet. Like I was attached to her little kicks, you know, things like that. And so I knew that I needed her in the room, but people discouraged me. They're like, well, that's your time. That's the only time you actually have. So you don't have to have her in there. And I was like, but I want her in there. And people discouraged me. And because of COVID, I could only have one person in the room with me after. During delivery, I could have two people and they didn't have to be the same people as in the 
recovery room but I could only have one person so then I started rethinking that whole decision and then I made then I was like okay this is what I want so my friends all had to earn the number in case I went into labor (laughs) and they they were all like first time meeting her like oh by the way Alexa's in labor you know (laughs) then the night I went into labor that day I had kind of been feeling weird but I mean I'd never been pregnant before so how am I supposed to know what it feels like so I didn't really I didn't thought they were just regular contractions they were a little bit more painful than they had been the past couple days but didn't think much of it because they weren't close enough together that it was a big deal And my friend was having her birthday party that night. And what she wanted to do for her birthday was she wanted to have a sleepover in her pool. And the best way I can explain this is you get a big blow up pool from Walmart and you fill it, blow it up and fill it with pillows and blankets. And then you put it in your pool and you sleep in the pool, in the pool. (laughs) And you can imagine, I mean, I was, I was mega pregnant. I mean, <laughs> climbing into that thing wasn't easy, <laughs> but that's what she wanted to do. So anyway, I, we were in that pool and I mean, we swam for a little bit beforehand, um, before going to sleep. And while we were swimming, I was just, it was bad. The contractions were pretty painful, but I was counting between them and they weren't close enough together. I was still like, eh, whatever you know? (laughs) So we got into the pool and we all fell asleep around 12. Well, at two in the morning, it started raining. We were all awake and ran inside. And when we got inside, I couldn't get back to sleep. Could not. It was so painful. And so my friend that had just given her baby up for adoption was actually there. And so I turned to her and I was like, is this, should I, should I be worried? Like, and she's like I don't know how far apart are they and I was like well why don't you just feel it and see and then she's like okay yeah those are pretty close together so I called my mom and I was like so this is what's going on I don't know if I should be calling the doctor and she's like yeah you should be calling the doctor (laughs) and so I got on the phone and they're like well come in and we'll get you in and we'll start start monitoring you and making sure everything's going okay so I get up this at this point is probably like maybe four in the morning and I get up and we get ready and we go to the hospital they were just taking forever to get me into that room I had to fill out all this paperwork I'm like I'm in labor right now <laughs> and so but they said that the COVID rules had changed and now I could have interchangeable people so I didn't have to have the same person in the room with me the whole time but that was a good good news Anyway, so we went back into the room and I was there for a while and nurse came in and checked my checked me and said, okay, you're not quite dilated enough. So we're going to have to come back and monitor in an hour. Well, an hour later, I wasn't dilated anymore. Still hadn't improved. And she's like, well, we're just going to send you home with morphine. Like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> but I mean, I was in a lot of pain. And so I was like, maybe it's better. So she came back and I was like, how about 30 minutes instead of another hour? And she's like, I guess we can try that. So in 30 minutes went by, she came back and I was at a six. And 
they're like, okay, we'll give you your epidural and everything. And the delivery went smooth and she came out, but she came out posterior. It was not fun. But I mean, okay. The reason why I'm telling this whole story is because after going through all that pain and stuff, the attachment is that much stronger. Because I mean, this isn't, delivering a baby is hard. It's hard. It's insane. It's insane. You just did, went through all that work to bring that baby into this world. And now I'm thinking, well, now I have to give my hard work. I mean, I've grown that thing in my stomach for nine months. Uh, now I have to give it to someone else. So I had to start preparing myself for that decision. But anyway, I decided that I didn't want her leaving my room because I wanted to spend as much time with this, her as I could. So we went to the recovery room and she was in there with me. And anytime I needed a break, she'd take the baby. And that way we both got bonding time. And honestly, super helpful to have her there. Super helpful because it gave me the ability to see her with the baby in a controlled environment where I could still have access to her. And I, if I wanted to hold her, great, should give her right over. But I could also be able to, it prepared me for the open adoption portion. Because if I want an open adoption to work, I have to be able to be okay with seeing her in her future mother mother's arms. Like, that's important. And so that was really, really good. And then I decided that I didn't want to sign the adoption paperwork at the hospital. It was too cold for me. Like, the it was too cut and dry like I wanted it to be more comfortable and decided that I wanted to do it at home and so when it was time to leave the hospital obviously it was really rough like it was getting close like and we drove to the my house in the car together and then when we got there her husband and her two boys were there and her two little boys hadn't met her yet but those two boys they they adore her and honestly that's one of the things that made me want to give my baby to them because she'd already have two big brothers to protect her and look out for. But the whole time I was pregnant, they're like, when is baby sister coming? You know, when is, it was just really cute. There is one story where the younger one of the two was sleeping and the older one goes, isn't he so cute, mom? And she goes, yeah, he is really cute. And he goes, he's going to make a good big brother. He's already a great little brother, but he's going to make such a good big brother. <laughs> so cute so they got to meet her for the first time and at first they didn't quite know what to do they kind of stayed back a ways and I was like you want to hold her and they you no no <laughs> and then my brother brought his two little girls that were around their age over and they got to hold her and when the boys saw them holding her they were like okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they got to hold her and that was really nice because I could see how much she was going to be loved there were four people at my house that were loving her and just absolutely adoring every second and that was that was really nice and I was able to just sign them but the hardest thing hardest thing was when it was time for them to go home I had to hand her to someone else to take home and that was Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was rough. Um, 
I was going to leave the room and have somebody else hand her off that way. I didn't have to because, I mean, that's my baby. Like, I made that. And it's, it's really, really hard. But anyways, so that happened in the first few days are rough. I mean, nights are really, really hard because you're so used to it. I could never be alone. Could never be alone. I constantly needed somebody in the room with me because I had had somebody with me for nine months. Even though she was in my stomach, she was still with me. <laughs> she made sure to remind me of that when she kicked me in the ribs. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was never alone. So once that happened, I had to have people with me and my family and friends were super supportive, which I was really lucky. I was really lucky. Honestly, a lot of girls don't get the kind of support I get. People are treated horribly for going through this situation. And it's funny because it's usually only the girls that get the hate for it. The guys can just, you know, get the girl pregnant and walk away and never have to deal with it again. I got a lot of support. Not a lot of girls do. And that really helped. But, I mean, it's still hard. And so, anyways, but then they wanted, um, I think it was, they wanted 10 days of just bonding time with her and getting to know her before I could see her again. So, we, I came, my, it was funny, my doctor was like, so you might be a little late, we might have to induce you. And, I mean, obviously, I was dreading that. I was like, uh, no, get her out. <laughs> So, but she ended up coming early and I had her on the 19th. My due date was the 30th. So we had a due date party and I got to see her. And honestly, the love that they had for her was because one thing that really helps when you're thinking about adoption is that you think about it this way, is this baby was unplanned. You aren't ready for it. Um. I was nowhere financially prepared or wanting the baby yet, but when you give it to another family, they've been waiting for this baby. They, they're ready. And I wasn't. And so that really helped too. And one thing that I was always told is to never think I could have done it because I mean, honestly, thinking about it, I really could have made it work. I could have. It wouldn't have been ideal. It would have been, and it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't have been the best life for the baby, but I could have made it work. I could have, if I really wanted it bad enough. But you can't think that way because that's just going to make it harder on yourself. Um, and you're, I mean, it's okay to be sad about it. Like, it is. It's not easy. It's really not. And no one can really understand how hard it is until they go through it. It uh, People can say, oh, I, I'm so sorry about what you're going through. I completely understand. But no, no, y you don't understand until you've actually been through it. And that's one thing that was really nice. And I want people to know like, that there are people out there they can talk to because one of the things that was really helpful for me is my one of my best friends that had gone through the same thing. 
if ever I was feeling like nobody understood what I was going through, I'd call her and she'd, she'd come over. She had a really, she has a lot harder time talking about it. I've come to the conclusion that I need to be okay with talking about it because it helps me heal. Not, but most people aren't okay with talking about it. And I think that's part of the reason why I need to talk about it because people need to know. People need to know about this situation. And so I thought having her was very healing and it helped me know that I wasn't alone and that I could be okay. But yeah, so, and I've met with her family a few times and got to go to the baby shower and hold her and she's getting big now. She's, let's see, it's almost the 19th. She's almost two months old. That's awesome. That's still very, very fresh. And I love your perspective, even, you know, two months postpartum. I think it's best to share the story when it's fresh because, I mean, time changes things. Things are different. I've gotten, I've talked to a lot of people about my story. And so it's easier for me to talk about it now. And I kind of forced myself to do that because the first few times, yeah, I was, I was a baby. I mean... (laughs) I definitely had a hard time talking about it, but um, I forced myself to. And I talked to my mom about when I was feeling down and I, I mean, I had breakdowns. The first couple weeks, I just started crying out of nowhere. Just, and I could have done it. I could have done it, mom. And she's like, it's okay, you know, you're okay. And she'd help me out of it, but I was, I was a mess. <laughs> but um now after like talking to so many people about my situation I can talk about it without getting too emotional and I think that's important too because it shows that you can be okay and I'm like yeah I'm still hurting I'm not gonna pretend like I'm not but I'm okay I'm okay. Ultimately, my life is still happy. I still have happiness in my life. I'm still able to do things. But that emotion will always be there. But it's, I can prove to people that they'll be okay. I love that. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. That was really, really great. And I think a lot of people will resonate really well with that. What were your thoughts about and your experiences with adoption before you found out you were pregnant? Um, well, like I said, my sister had an unplanned pregnancy and she, um, she had been looking into adoption. I had seen like adoption pamphlets and pamphlets in a room with families on them and stuff. And I had known people that had looked to adopt, um, my sister looked to adopt as well because she hasn't been able to have kids. So um, that's pretty much it other than my friend giving her baby up for adoption. But that happened around the same time that I um, found out I was pregnant. So yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, I knew of it. I mean, you're told about it. But other than that, my aunt adopted her, one of her 
voice. And he's he's great. Fun. So you have a cousin who was adopted, yes. and then your sisters both had different experiences with it. Yes. Cool. So it was something yes. that you had a bit more experience with, probably. Yeah, not directly. It's not like I had talked to them directly about it, but yes, I knew okay. of it. And you said that your family and your friends were really supportive. Can you share a few of the things they did that were really supportive and helpful to, to you? Uh, the father was always very he was there and he helped when needed um but he wanted my best friend she was constantly you know there emotionally and if I needed help with something (laughs) her little sister was cute once I got super pregnant her little sister would offer to tie my shoes (laughs) super cute her family was super amazing um I spend a lot of time at my best friend's house. I mean, I pr- they're my second family. I love my family and I love her family. And, you know, both of both my family and her family were just super supportive. And her family, her mom would always be like, okay, Alexa, cravings time. What do you want on the grocery list? <laughs> Aw, I love so, that. Yeah. And I mean, Triscuits were my top notch craving. And (laughs) so should always add Triscuits to the grocery list. (laughs) That's really sweet. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then obviously I told, I mentioned my boyfriend, he was major support, major, major support. Well, give him a high five for me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there you go. (laughs) That's awesome. So what advice would you give to other expectant moms as they're making plans for relinquishment and time in the hospital? Well, um, if they haven't made the decision yet, I would say don't let anybody influence your decision. This decision ultimately needs to be their own because I, I don't know, like you can't, if their parents are in saying, oh my gosh, you got pregnant, like don't let them to encourage you to put the baby up for adoption if that's not what you want because it's a hard thing to go through and if you don't think you can handle it that's completely your call and it shouldn't be anybody else's decision to make for you if you do decide on adoption I would say it can be done like it's and you'll bless somebody's life so incredibly and I mean I've honestly really loved it gave me just as much as another family as it did give my baby and obviously that depends on the person because my best friend the other one that gave her baby up for adoption she's had a very different experience we've talked about that and it depends on the birth mother. It depends on the adoptive parents. It, it depends. It's different for everyone. But for me personally, it was incredible. And, you know, you are allowed to say, hey, this, like, this is hard. And it's okay to hurt. It is. And it's gonna. And don't think that you're broken or you know 
any less of a person because you're hurting because you're not broken you're strong and I honestly think people need to know that because we are strong that's the hardest thing a mother will ever have to do ever absolutely you shared a lot of how you've you've handled feelings and emotions even relationships and you're pretty positive about how things look um and and you just mentioned though that it's hard right that it's a struggle can you maybe articulate or share a little bit about like what has like what has been the biggest struggle um since you've placed since i've placed um my biggest struggle has been well so obviously emotional super emotional and i i mean even before i put so my biggest struggle during the pregnancy was judgment my decision was out on display um and it's girls get judged they do and so do guys but that that was probably the hardest thing I was pregnant but when afterwards the hardest thing was having to get used to the fact that my baby wasn't my baby anymore I mean she still is but I have to get used to the fact that like you know this was also really nice it was a beautiful thing too but um after I had her they they made a post about me and the baby and I read I mean they hundreds of comments on their post hundreds and I read through every single one of them people were saying what a beautiful sacrifice and what what a wonderful person she is to give you that gift and things like that and honestly that made me break down that was hard because I was hurting and they were all complimenting me and telling me how amazing I was and I was hurting that was probably one of the hardest things for me I mean yes I appreciate that people are recognizing that I made a hard decision and I mean those I love reading those comments they were Again, I loved the comments, but it was also really hard because it was a pain, it was a painful experience and people were all congratulating them on their brand new baby and I didn't get that congratulations. Yeah, our, our daughter's birth mom in pub- publicly has shared kind of the same experience as well, that while she's happy f- for, you know, us in this situation at the same moment, like it's a struggle, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And seeing people congratulate congratulate them on that was rough. I mean, and you know what? The comments that didn't include me also hurt too, because like, yeah, congratulations. I'm very, very happy that I was able to give them that. And I wouldn't change my decision for the world. I love them. And I'm so happy that I was able to provide them with what they have been waiting for. But... That doesn't mean that I'm okay. So that was that was definitely rough. Yeah. Well, I think you articulated that really well. I think that people will grasp and, and kind of feel like 
maybe 1% of what you may have been, <laughs> may have been experiencing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think nights were definitely the worst and I couldn't sleep. Falling asleep was very, very difficult afterwards. You know what? In fact, that might've been the hardest. I don't know this. It was the first couple of weeks were rough. First couple of weeks were rough. I had a really hard time sleeping. I couldn't sleep alone. So Oh, that's another support I got. If so, my best friend, she actually had a, she had to leave for Africa shortly after she slept over at my house every night in the same room with me. Right. She, so I didn't want to be downstairs in my room because too far away from my parents and I felt really alone. So we set up a little bed for me in the living room and there was a mattress and everything. And she laid on the floor on the mattress next to me and <laughs> stayed there all night. And if I ever needed her, she'd reach her hand over and she'd, she'd be right there. And I, if she couldn't be there sleeping in the room, my mom would sleep on the couch with me. And if, and then we went, my parents planned a little like a week vacation to get my mind off of things afterwards to kind of help me not think about what I had been through and so we went to California for a week and I was never alone there and <laughs> I mean they let me bring Ben with me my boyfriend they let me bring him with and uh, I was never alone and that I mean but if I ever was left alone I panic panic completely I'd freak out if my mom ever said can I leave for a few minutes I'll be right back I panic it was it was rough really really rough thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that I think it's again many many people in the adoption triad don't understand that or experience that or see that and so hearing that is really helpful for all of us to gain a little bit more understanding so you have an open adoption relationship. So how has that changed over time so far with your baby's adoptive family? Before going over to her house, before going over to see her for the first time after the hospital, I was super worried about asking permission to hold my own baby. I pushed that out of my body and now I need permission to hold my own baby. And I was really worried. I was like, mom, what if, what if I have to ask? Like, she's like, you know, that they won't make you do that because they're amazing. <laughs> I could go on and on with how amazing they are. They really are. And it's been perfect for me. When I walked in, the baby was instantly put in my arms, just instantly. It was like, here she is. <laughs> And I mean, I constantly get photos and videos of her. I mentioned that my friend also put her baby up for open adoption. And at the beginning, she wanted it really open, but now she can't handle it. It's too hard for her. So she's kind of lost touch. I mean, every so often they will meet up, but she's lost touch with the adoptive family because it was too hard for her. So it honestly, like I said, it depends on the person and the adoptive family. One thing like, again, depends on the person I personally love it when I get random pictures from her but some adopt adoptive families are scared to because they don't want to 
overstep any boundaries or anything. And I was like, don't ever be afraid with me. But, and I know that my friend said that her, the adoptive family of her baby was kind of scared to reach out because they don't know how much time you need to heal. But honestly, I love the random pictures. I love them. <laughs> but um, some people don't and she couldn't handle it. I love my bond with them is so strong and I honestly feel like I can talk about literally anything she um she came to a lot of my appointments with me um at the OBGYN and she came to those with me I was pretty exposed in a couple of those appointments I I can I can talk to her about anything it's important to if you're going to do an open adoption I think it's important to bond with the adoptive parents before everything because if you have that bond with them already built then it won't be as hard to do everything with them in the end like after the birth it will be a lot easier if you already have a bond with them so we we went out for dinner a lot before everything and we spent time together and I think that was really helpful yeah for sure and I think that whole answer just highlights the importance of communication before placement, after placement, just making sure that you express your feelings. And I think that, I mean, that goes yeah. both ways, right? We need to just be oh, yeah. open. And, and it, that's the main key word is open. And if you're holding things back, then there's going to be miscommunications and things aren't going to go the way you want them to. If you're just completely honest with what you want out of the situation, and if they're completely honest about what they want out of the situation, it'll go a whole lot smoother. And if those things that you want ever change, tell them. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or address before we wrap up together? I would like to address the hate that girls like me get a little bit. Um, I, a few days before I had the baby, it was like maybe a week before I got an anonymous text message. And um, this text message, I mean, it started off like calling me. They started off and I was like, um, excuse me. And they were like, oh, I'm sorry. You're a because you got pregnant out of wedlock. And I mean, I'm not the first girl that it's happened to. And just the fact that somebody would attack me so personally and not even do it with their name and so I sent a message and I mean again not a lot of girls I I was able to stick up for myself because at this point I had a had a lot of time to think about my decision and understand that I was doing something hard and so I stuck up for myself and I sent them a very not it wasn't ever I didn't ever like attack them personally but I sent them a message and I said I don't know who you are and yes, I've made a mistake, but can it really be, now that I'm past that, can it really be called a mistake? It's not a mistake for the Frost family. It may be a mis like it may have been something I did that I wasn't ready for, but it's not a mistake. Um, but I said, I said, I've, yes, um, I made a mistake and I'm sure you've made plenty yourself, including sending me these messages. I am strong. I, I did something hard and I made it through. I'm strong and the fact that you're attacking me, it's not going to get anywhere because this is tough stuff. 
Um, later, I said, you're not going to bring me down. They said, oh, I don't need to. The only thing you need to bring you down is the look of disappointment on your parents' faces for what you did. And I just think that's absolutely awful. I think that's horrible. That is horrible. We absolutely agree. <laughs> I but, love what you said, though, your response to them about we all make mistakes and they're making one right now in how they're treating you, right? In the end, something beautiful happened out of it. So I can't even call it a mistake, right? We, we learn from, from the experiences that we have. And yeah, I'm sorry that you dealt with that. It's awful. I definitely knew I was going to get a bit of hate for my situations. Again, I want people to know that what girls like me go through and the fact that we get so much hate for it. And maybe hopefully that will help change some people's hearts. Maybe they won't be have such hard hearts towards people like me. We hope that too. <laughs> a lot. Well, Alexa, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. This has been a great time. And we, we, we truly uh, thank you for your openness, for your vulnerability, and for sharing your story. It will help a lot of people. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Open Adoption Project. We loved hearing from Alexa and are so thankful for her being willing to share her heart with us today. Our podcast is now available on Audible and Amazon Music too. So you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, and Amazon. Please jump onto Apple or Audible to give us a rating. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Thank you for joining us today. Bye.